Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi, I'm Mel and this is another Empowered Love Radio Show and this is part two of Why Did We Fall for a Narcissist? Last week in part one we explored the reasons why we fell for a narcissist and why it can be really difficult to leave and stay away and why in this community we do struggle to end it and break free whereas other people just don't even if they were initially hoodwinked by a narcissist. This week in part two, I want to take a deep dive into the understanding of specifically why we were highly susceptible to narcissists and may have felt or still feel it's almost impossible to leave because it is my fullest intention, if this is your battle, to help free you from that. For the purposes of this radio show, part two, I'm not going to be exploring the terrible enmeshments of co-parenting, finances, property and businesses, which many of us suffered, including myself, in the context of these conditions being insurmountable limitations, making it impossible to leave. Rather, this article is about the understanding that these enmeshments are all outpours and symptoms of what got us unconsciously aligned with a narcissist in the first place. And because they are so dire and serious, They signal a greater call for doing what is necessary to evolve ourselves up and out of these enmeshments. What I've seen time and time again within this community, as well as experienced in my own personal life, is this. When we do deal with and up-level our original wounding, even the most horrendous of conditions with narcissists find a way to unravel, heal and become livable and even resolved. Life has this miraculous way of resetting to well-being when we take care of the well-being inside ourselves first. One thing I believe with all of my heart is that all of life and our soul does not want us to be living under the conditions of abuse because it is not a soul truth. There is a way out regardless of how enmeshed and stuck we may presently feel. This is what part two is all about, deeply unveiling the truth so that we can connect to and start generating our organic rights to a true life. I remember years ago whilst on a walk complaining to a friend about narcissist number one. She asked me, why do you tolerate it? I came straight back at her with, I don't tolerate it. I fight back. I've left him many times because of what he has done. I don't just put up with it. She looked me straight in the eye and said, you don't get it. You are tolerating him, otherwise you would not still be with him. Why do you do it? Back in those days, before I had a functioning boundary, before I realized that trying to force someone to change only meant I would become more controlled by them, and before I realized that I had virtually no ability to be with myself and self-soothe without outer props or people, it was true. I had no idea what she really meant. My version of tolerate at that stage meant to me that she was accusing me of being a doormat, 
which within this narcissistic relationship I generally wasn't. In stark contrast, I was often lecturing, prescribing and trying to force him to get it. Of course I didn't tolerate his bad treatment, or did I? At that stage of this relationship, I wasn't on the football field, let alone near the goals. I still had a long way to go to realise the truth. The truth was this, that there were very real reasons why I was tolerant, staying with him, that I hadn't realised yet, and having my focus fully on him was not granting me my answers. It wasn't until I turned inward to myself some years later that I discovered the true inner motivations for tolerating. It wasn't until finally, finally, at that point of life and death when I took my focus off what he was or wasn't doing and put it fully on repairing my relationship with myself that everything shifted and changed. I find the same phenomenon happens consistently with others as well. Because when we get our relationship right with ourselves, then people who are not healthy relationship material lose their glitter. They repulse us and no longer hold any appeal. They also lose all power over us. No longer do we replay the old wounds of powerlessness and feeling let down, agonized, dependent and resentful that these people aren't loving us the way they should be, which truly is the glue which was binding us to them. Instead, we have stepped up and finally become that solid source to ourselves, no longer reliant on false broken substitutes to try to grant us what our parents couldn't and didn't. And as a result, they have to take their abusive behaviour elsewhere. So let's have a look at what are the links between tolerating abuse and our relationship with ourselves. The relationship with ourselves was developed in our childhood. Actually, in fact, it started even before that. Epigenetics is now proving that children from a line of trauma survivors, even when born into environments now free of trauma, have fractures in their brain wiring akin to trauma victims several generations down the line. Have a look at the human condition, the fear, competition, abuse, brutalities and trauma histories. I believe it is safe to say that there are very few civilizations and families who give birth to children not suffering from generational trauma damage. Then of course it was common to be brought up with parents who had trauma cracks in their own wiring, meaning they struggled to connect healthily and instead were more prone to parent in ways that created even more fractures to our emotional being. The following are only some of the ways that we were not able to develop a solid, which means full, confident, able to self-partner and self-soothe inner identity. If we were left in emotional distress unattended. If we believed our lovability was based on performance. If we were shamed and blamed. If we were made to feel insignificant, unworthy and undeserving when our parents did not allow us to have our own needs develop or be acknowledged in healthy ways, if we believed love depended on pleasing others despite how much we were minimalized, abused or denied our own identity. All of this meant from an early age that we never established inherent self-value and were detached from our own needs and wants, possibly not even having a clue what they were and much less believing that we deserve them. 
Another serious issue was our reliance on outside people to validate and emotionally support us. Coupled with our own inability to emotionally be with others lovingly in times of need. This created a deficiency as an adult to fill ourselves up with feelings of solidness, well-being, happiness and love. Hence the requirement for something or someone else to give it to us. We may think this is normal. It isn't. It is devastatingly abnormal. It has just become our human normal because society has been intent on training us out of our organic connection and power within ourselves in order to be reliant on and controlled by outside forces. Being with self, self-partnering, is in fact our most natural state and the only one that grants us true wholeness. We never knew this and we were never taught how to be with self healthily by role models who demonstrated it or nurtured that self-connection. And this meant we were always looking to the outside world to grant us something or someone to take away the ever-existing anxiety and depression as a result of not being anchored within ourselves in healthy self-love and acceptance. From this back-to-front perspective, we certainly couldn't ask for and stand in our own rights and deservedness, and our lives became precariously balanced on what other people were or weren't doing and how we could possibly monitor adjust or pander to that. Hence is the life of the codependent, believing that our energy, sustenance, a source of love, approval, survival and security has to come from someone outside of ourselves, while continuously forfeiting our own rights and handing our power away, and discovering disastrously that the more we focus on others and try to be everything they want us to be in order to be loved, the more we come up empty and even suffer horrible abuse. These terrible results show us that believing and playing out these false premises in order to be lovable and worthy are wrong town. This was our normal. This is what we saw our parents do to varying degrees. This is what we saw the whole world play out, guilt, obligation, and that it was holy to forego self for others and that society structures demanded we be attached and dependent on another, especially if we're a female, or we needed to stay and protect and provide for another if we were a male, and the list goes on and on. So within this painful wiring of our normal, we didn't experience a life generated from the inside out. We only knew life as the cart before the horse, the outside in, that always rolled back and flattened us no matter how much effort we applied trying to make our life work. Truly, being a codependent is exhausting because we are not as yet authentic. Authenticity is simply being ourselves rather than worrying about what other people are or aren't doing. It means we are filled up as a whole self and then radiating that out to others. And as such, we can give and love without conditions. We can be present without agenda. We are free to be ourselves without expectations or attachments to outcomes. We can ask for what we need and receive healthily without guilt. We can allow others to be whoever they wish to be and then make healthy choices as to whether or not that is a match for our own well-being. And we can step away and detach from unhealthy others without pain, neediness, regret or being traumatised. In stark contrast, when we are not 
in the knowing practice and ability to fill ourselves up and then radiate that outwards without expectation, fear or need. We are playing this out constantly. What does he or she think about me now? What is he or she going to do? What can I do so that he or she doesn't do that? What on earth will I do if he or she does do that? And we may not have realised it. Our life has been like this for such a long time because it's likely we were trained into this outside-in focus all of our life. Meaning we are not generating life from within our own aligned power centre or values and we are not yet knowing that life and others are always meeting us at the level that our inner being is operating from. And additionally, because we are not conscious yet, we haven't realised that the people and situations we decide on are also in accordance with that. When we do the 180 degree turn inwards and start healing and developing our self-partnered life, then we realise another big truth, one that I had no idea about when I was on that walk with my friend years ago. The problems we hook into, meaning the ones that we give our attention and energy to, are a match for the trauma that is already in existence in our inner being. If we did not have a corresponding wound, we would just know that stuff that an abusive person does is not our truth, not our reality, and there would be zero need to wrestle with it, argue with it, or try to change it into anything different. We would simply detach and avoid it altogether. We would let go and move on. We would distance instead of involve ourselves. As we explored in part one, this is exactly where the people who didn't get hooked past the narcissist mask falling cut their losses and walked away. They take the lesson and move on, knowing they have the inner resources within themselves to generate a great life. For us within this community, the lesson was a much deeper one. It was this. By you, I am meeting an aspect of myself that is unhealed, a part of me that you are making conscious so that this time I can awaken and heal a generational or childhood wound that is presently alive within me. And when I do that, I will not just be freed from you because the lesson is delivered. More importantly, I'll be freed from myself. At first, this can be difficult to accept that there was a purpose to this other than just a horrible, seemingly random act of being abused. But I want you to understand more about this thriver orientation by granting you this simple example. An example which is much, much less brutal and impactful, yet operates under the exact same quantum law. Here it is. Some people suffer from road rage. The people who experience road rage have regular episodes of other drivers are idiots on the road. But what if these idiot drivers had a healing purpose? What if they were actually at a deeper level bringing already existing wounds that lie inside these people to conscious awareness so that now these wounds could finally be healed? Wounds such as the feelings of being violated unsafe and treated as invalid and worthless. And then what if those heavily triggered feelings experienced by the person suffering from road rage were targeted 
up-leveled and then simply did not exist. This is the constant application of dedicated NARP members, recognising triggers as wounds being made conscious and then targeting them to heal them. Then imagine this. As a result, the next time an idiot driver turns up, the previous road rage driver experiences in real time a profound shift within them of total emotional neutra neutrality, meaning no charge, no angst, and even the experience of massive gratitude that they got to experience the freedom of no longer being affected. This is how we make the quantum leap of realising how life is happening for us and not to us, showing us via triggers what we still need to heal and via what used to trigger us but no longer does, what we have now gloriously healed from. So do you think that idiot drivers now have to keep appearing in this person's experience? I promise you they don't. I promise you from this point onwards they just won't. Why? Because the soul graduation was achieved. This is how the quantum world operates and the quantum world is driving everything we know as our life. As Prima Chodron famously said, nothing ever goes away until it teaches us what we need to know. Meaning anything painful that we tolerate, are still connected to or grant our energy to, is because of one thing, unfinished business. And once we realise the reason and clean that up and are no longer emotionally triggered by it, then the event, illness or even abusive person's behaviour has quantum permission to leave your experience. This is regardless of the battles you may be having with co-parenting and settlement battles or other traumatic narcissistic experiences. I promise, because I see these miracles happen every day in this community. Let's have a look at this section. If it's in our body, it's ours. If you have come as far to accept the information that I've already spoken about today, then there are two further undertakings you need to lean into. Sorry, understandings that you need to lean into. These, number one, any trauma in our body is ours to deal with. This is empowering because now finally we can do something about it. Within this understanding is the knowing that assigning blame is futile as is expecting someone who put our trauma in there to heal it for us. How on earth can someone who's carrying enough inner trauma to traumatise us, only hurt people hurt people, heal our trauma for us when they are nowhere near dealing with their own? Unconscious people heal us not by doing the work for us, they heal us by forcing us to do the work on ourselves. Truly, there is no human being apart from the very first ever earthling who can honestly say my original trauma was caused by me because the natural human state is not fear and pain. All original trauma was passed on as an infection from someone or something else outside of everyone's inner being. Trauma is a literal psychic virus of all of humanity. This is vital to understand. Once we have trauma wedged inside us, we can never be free from it unless we take 100% personal responsibility to free ourselves from it. 
Welcome to your true life if you accept that mission because I promise you nothing else will ever truly liberate or gratify you because no one else is coming to save you ever. Your desire and commitment to partner with your inner being to heal and re-emerge as your true self is your only saviour. We understand this better as a result of accepting point number two, which is monitoring, clinging to, trying to fix, force change or pandering to others as an attempt to heal ourselves is futile. This is a false premise that has never worked. Go back through your life to really think about this. If you do, all that you will come up with with is the exhausting repeat patterns of people letting you down and hurting you and never receiving what it is that allowed you to feel solid, safe, loved or approved of. Because as it took me four decades to realise, we can only ever become that to ourselves and then we will have the ability to be in life in authentic ways whereby we choose and generate more of that with other healthy people. Also, certain people who we weren't having authentic relationships with, may rise to be in healthy relationship with us as a result of us leading the way if we have up-leveled and become authentic. Yet if they don't, we can let go without the anguish, regret and pain because of the fullness and up-level now that we feel without them. Yet ironically, would never have reached if it wasn't for them. When you become an authentic self, The thought of getting back in the ring with an abuser who is not willing to grow, be accountable and take responsibility for the healing of their own wounds and throwing away our true self in the process feels incredibly abhorrent and is something we couldn't even consider doing. Why would we when we are now generating a healthy relationship with ourselves? Let's have a look at this section how we were exactly who a narcissist required. Narcissists need to be able to operate like narcissists within relationships, which requires people to stay connected to them, feeding their needs, regardless of how terrible their behavior is. Narcissists are like spoiled, entitled children. I can do this to you and how dare you not worship me, it's your duty. Who narcissists want is this. People who are not anchored into being a source for themselves. People who make excuses for them, do not have a solid inner identity and will keep handing over resources, energy and attention regardless of the abuse. The narcissist's terminal need for narcissistic supply requires personal relationships whereby the narcissist is fed significance, meaning I affect other people intensely, whilst the abuse stays attached as the punching bag for the narcissist's disordered self. The narcissist wants you to take the hits and stay in the ring. The narcissist wants you to relinquish all power so that they can have whatever they want. They create relationships with people who have childhood wounds because these are the people who are replaying the traumas of feeling wrong, unworthy and unlovable and less complying with uncaring demands and diminished rights as well as making excuses for the people who treat them poorly. In relationship with a narcissist, you are replaying the wounds of not being able to be your own person, express your individuality, or know you are worthy of love, approval and personal rights as yourself instead of who other people demanded you to be. Narcissists do not target and retain relationships with emotionally solid, 
mature, grown up. Hence why we need to clean up our wounds to not just avoid having more relationships with narcissists that tear us apart and leave us powerless, exploited and broken, but to also be free of the existing trauma from the relationships which have already taken us to the brink of near demise. All of our emancipation, past, present and future is in healing those original wounds and traumas. When we do that, then no longer is our previous relationship with a narcissist an ongoing trauma in our bodies. Rather, it becomes a creative grist of an incredible inner transformation and liberation within our inner being, which becomes a generative force of our entire real life. Okay, let's have a look at this section. None of this is about accepting the blame and I will say it again over and over because this is a message the abuse community needs to hear more than any other. None of what I've talked about in this radio show is about blaming ourselves. This is about unravelling truth so that we can do something about this, take our power back and set ourselves free. Rather than keeping our focus on the narcissist and feeding that energy, whilst continuing to get torn apart. Because when we are not getting it, the lesson persists. Again, as Prima said, nothing ever goes away until it teaches us what we need to know. Guess what? It's not meant to. And that's why I make sure in my work that we get the focus deeply into the only place where we can generate power within ourselves. Let's now have a look at the gaps and ways that narcissists target, hook and hurt you. And please know the great news is these are all wounds that can be addressed and healed and regularly are in quantum ways within this community. So this section is about what makes us susceptible. And we're going to start off by looking at a fractured, diminished or underdeveloped sense of self. If we were taught we didn't deserve consideration while being made to comply to our parents demands then we believed we were only lovable and acceptable when catering to others as a result of not receiving validation not knowing our own value we had limited if any ability to self-partner and self-soothe this meant our only options for emotional relief were people-pleasing and tolerating people's poor behaviour in the need to retain connection, as well as attempts to self-medicate with the use of addictions. All of these choices and actions caused us to hand our power away whilst clinging to people and habits that were further damaging us. So the next one that makes us susceptible is previous abuse, fear of abuse and fear of asserting self. Coming from an abusive background where the trauma is still alive in your inner being is a formula for being highly susceptible when someone comes into your life appearing as being loving, caring and compassionate. Narcissists initially to hook you present as someone who totally gets you. There are copious amounts provided of whatever you need in order to feel understood, validated and accepted. You feel like a person in a desert finding a waterhole. This is how narcissists love bomb. They recognize what you didn't receive as a child and start to pour it on. Your gut is twisting with feelings that this is too much too soon. But when you are dying of thirst and you have not yet discovered how to hydrate yourself, 
What else is there to do but dive right in? When the mask starts to slide down and the monster appears, you replay what you learned as a child to try to retain connection while surviving abuse, which was totally necessary for your emotional survival. Don't have rights. Don't fight back. Don't rock the boat. You make excuses. You try to keep the peace. You say yes when you should say no. You accept blame when you shouldn't. And you stay when you should go. When the bad behaviour is in full swing, your unhealed parts that felt devastated when you were young are severely triggered again. The following can be terrifying and so painful to play out. When someone hurts you, you may cling to them. Be unconsciously drawn in harder to them and love them even more. This is a young, unhealed child part within you regressing back to this childhood state. If I can't please you, Mum or Dad, right now, I am going to be annihilated. This means you may be extra loving when in the face of terrible behaviour. You may take all the blame. You may turn toward the abuse instead of away, doing whatever it takes to try to change who this person is being in order to survive them. As a child, you couldn't get away. If this terrible unconscious driver happens to you, it is because as a child you were stuck there and tried to do everything in your power to minimalize the damage. And as, as an adult, you may not realize you are still unconsciously replaying that, even though there are other options now. Or that you probably will continue to unconsciously do this until that original trauma is healed within you. It's so important to understand this. When you are hooked in, which means participating and tolerating, whether it is fighting back or trying to please and rectify, it is always about this. This time, mum, dad, please stop hurting me and making me feel powerless and please just love me the way you are meant to. This is why, despite all logic, sensibility and knowing that you should pull away, you can't. Because your inner being is fighting for so much more than just what is going on with the narcissist. Your inner being is trying to rewrite a devastating emotional love history. So our next session is being capable, honest, security conscious and intelligent. As a child, you were set up to be codependent. You became very capable. A lot was demanded from you and you became a high achiever in order to try to win approval. In fact, the people who are the most capable in an intelligent, logical and practical sense generally are as a result of overcompensating for not having a solid inner emotional self. Overfunctioning, which is a common state for codependence, goes like this. I try to frenetically succeed in my outside environment as an attempt to feel whole on the inside. As an older adult who has been abused by a narcissist, there are many things that you could make happen in your life. You may have even been the go-to person, the person who was a rock for others in need. As a person who does the heavy lifting, forever proving your worthiness, you don't ask for much from others. In fact, you find it difficult to receive. You would much rather be a giver and a fixer than a receiver. This suits a narcissist perfectly. You also have a high sense of integrity and are dismayed if anyone thinks otherwise. It was incredibly painful when your parents made insults to your character, such as telling you that you were lazy or dishonest or selfish in order to make you bend to their demands. When the narcissist does it to you, you will hook in and try to change his or her mind about these accusations 
and will try to prove your virtues by doing more and more for him or her. Additionally, because of your honest, hard-working character always trying to do the right thing in order to win your parents' love and approval, you will instinctively take responsibility for and mop up the narcissist's messes. You may caretake, pay his or her fines and keep the fires burning in the roof over your head no matter how irresponsible the narcissist is or how ridiculously his or her behaviour threatens your security. There is so much more than just these three points. But I hope that an understanding of them allows you to start realising the truth. That the freedom from narcissistic abuse and the power to heal lies within. So let's have a look at our last section. Healing for real from narcissistic abuse. What happens in narcissistic codependent relationships is a symbiosis of woundedness. The narcissist is emotionally stunted, being the demanding, entitled child who never grew up in order to process his or her wounds and stop holding other people hostage for them. And the codependent has not yet healed his or her childhood woundedness of having to cater to other people's demands to try to retain his or her own emotional survival. This is the glue that holds these devastating relationships together. The person suffering from narcissistic personality disorder, living the terminal unconsciousness of, I will never face and take responsibility for my wounds, is not going to dissolve their half of the deadly glue. But we can. When we heal our original traumas, we do break free. The pull and connection with the narcissist no more glue keeping the symbiosis going dissolves and we become an authentic person gloriously experiencing a completely different human experience. For the first time in our lives we let go, turn away and start generating healthy, solid adult relationships instead. As an authentic self we are inoculated against abuse. We easily identify and leave alone people who aren't healthy for us in more incredible and fearless ways than we ever had access to before the abuse. And this is not because we are now wary and know what to look out for in a narcissist. I promise you that is no defence at all. Rather, it is because we are now an up-leveled self who no longer has symbiotic wounds that makes us susceptible to getting infiltrated and infected by them. Narcissists are no longer our reality and we would not tolerate, participate with them for a millisecond. The three points that I talked about in the previous section regarding our susceptibilities are only three of the dozens of unconscious childhood and generational hooks that can keep us in the game with narcissists, all of which are identified, addressed and up-leveled with quantum freedom healing in my healing system NARP and that's the work I love to help people do inside their own beings because that is how we heal for real from narcissistic abuse in quantum leaps in thriver ways and please note as I mentioned in part one I have an upcoming free webinar and Facebook workshopping series which I would love you to join me in so that you too can experience the result of Thriver Quantum Healing. And all NARP and non-NARP members who have not yet participated in one of my three keys webinar groups are invited 
and welcome to join in. You'll receive a super boost and acceleration to your healing if you do so. And all of the details are on the blog. So go to blog.melanietoniaevans.com and you'll see this article and all the details there. So I hope the information in this two-part series has answered many questions for you and granted you the awareness and hope to start breaking out of the narcissistic nightmare. And as I now say goodbye, please know I will look forward to answering your comments and your questions on the blog. So that's it from me for this show. Until next time, lots of love. Bye-bye.